All right, how lucky we are to get episode two up and running, ready to rock and roll on all cylinders, because we all know how fun that is. So, to get started on a great note, last night's Red Sox game, okay, pitching looked stellar, okay, stellar, a very, very phenomenal, rocked it on all fronts, okay, and it was tied one-to-one, literally for most of the game. The Red Sox and Toronto, they gave a great defensive game. Really good. Really good. Okay. And the good thing is that the Red Sox pulled out on top at the very end. I think it was the eighth inning or so, seventh, eighth inning. The Red Sox scored a run, turned the score one-to-one into two-to-one. And then we were able to close it out perfectly fine. Garrett Whitlock helped finish the game, close the game out. And then, and then, that's the key phrase right there. He started limping out the field. And fans were sitting there saying, oh, no. I know on episode one, I talked a lot about Garrett Whitlock and how much we should all appreciate his pitching, his style of pitching, and how much we should appreciate how far he's come in a span of 10 to 11 games. So he started limping off the field, and everybody was just like, oh, no, this is not what we need right now. This cannot be true. But lo and behold, after the game, he did say that his pants had ripped. So he was doing such a good job at closing out the game that his pants had ripped. And so in order to not expose anything that did not need to be exposed, He started limping off the field. So hopefully, you know, I'll keep looking at more reports. I'll keep looking at other things that are going on. But that's all I've seen so far. Hopefully that's just it, right? Hopefully it's not an injury. Hopefully it won't prevent him from being injured or anything like that. So like I said, as of now, just ripped his pants while pitching. It was, I have to say it's well worth it because we won and we closed it out strong. Pitching lineups yesterday, impeccable. Nathan Yavaldi was on the mound. Nasty Nate did a great job. Okay, so that'll lead us into a little more of a diver or more of like a deep dive into the AL East. Okay, we've got the Red Sox on top at the moment. Well, no, hold on. Back that up. Back that up. I'm looking ahead to tonight's game because I have tonight's game on my mind at 7-10. Again, Red Sox and Toronto. And if we win, we could be on top. But for now, okay, we have a three-way tie for first. We've got the Red Sox. We've got Toronto. And we've got the New York Yankees. All three teams tied for first place at 6-5. Okay, and then under that we have the Tampa Bay Rays, and then under them in last place, leading the leading the pack. The okay at the very bottom we have the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, not the Tampa Bay Rays. We have the Tampa Bay Rays under the three-way tie, and then we have the Baltimore Orioles at the very bottom. Okay, basically the same position they've been in for. Unfortunately, a large handful of years now. So that's that, right? And so 
it's interesting to see the way everything's evolving, right? The way that the season has been progressing for 11 games now. You know, the AL East is all over the place, right? Toronto's looking okay. And like we said, I think we made it pretty clear at this point that the Orioles are the Orioles and they're, go, they're going the way we expect them to, being at the bottom of the barrel. Tampa Bay's been obviously pretty good for the last few years or so. They haven't really heard of them doing much whatsoever. You know, don't really know what to expect with them. Okay, New York will, I think, will definitely be a contender. You know, they're they're looking pretty decent. You know, unfortunately, I think not only the Yankees, but I think the Red Sox as well. You know, especially with the Yankees with Aaron Judge. You know, they're not in negotiation talks right now just because you know they want to focus on the game and Aaron Judge wants to focus on a job on, on his job just like Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers on the Red Sox. And so, you know, that's that's pretty scary, right? Aaron Judge is obviously a great a great player, a great human being. And, you know, if you guys are into football, they say that Aaron Judge is pretty much bigger than Rob Gronkowski and the Patriots. And so Aaron Judge would definitely be somewhat of a valuable asset. And if you lose that asset, then... Obviously, the question is, what's going to happen? And so, you gotta you gotta look into that. And so, hopefully, something will happen for the Yankees where they can extend his contract, renegotiate something to keep him on on the team. And so, so we covered the Orioles, we covered the Rays, we covered the Yankees, we covered well, we get the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are looking, like I said, are looking interesting. So we cover the Blue Jays. And then the handy dandy Red Sox. The Red Sox are going to be the Red Sox this year. I know they're off to a little bit of a slow start, but you know what? A slow start is better than a horrible start. Right. And we're still in contention. Like I said, three way tie for first. I mean, how often do you see that? And obviously, it's probably going to be broken up tonight. Obviously, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays are going to break up their tie tonight once they play at 7 10. And then I'll have to see when the Yankees are playing. I'm not too sure when the Yankees play next. But like I said, it's going to be broken up here within the next seven hours. So, interesting enough, it'll be long, it'll be short lived, not long lived, short lived. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see the intersections down the road, right? Okay, which teams are going to intersect each other for maybe a wild card spot, right? Or like the champions of the AL East. And so it's only a matter of time. It is only a matter of time. And so going off that point, right? I know I was talking about this a little bit in episode one. I wanted to expand it a little further on this round of things. And so... Playing the game when the game gets tough, right? 162 games, folks. I'm telling you, it's a long time. Long time. And so I really wanted to stress that now in episode two, before we get into anything further than that, you know, with all the traveling, with all the games played in a row, I know even this this homestand currently at Fenway Park, it's... 
like at least seven games in a row, back to back to back to back. And I won't say that seven times, but you get the you get the point, right? It's a long season, and so you know we obviously here in Boston strive for perfection. If you're not doing it perfectly, then what's the point? And so I've even got to remind myself: there's going to be a lot of times when. They're going to have a game or two where nothing's nothing's working. And, I mean, let's be honest. We've already seen a couple of those games already. I know I have. And how do we how do we deal with it, right? And so we got to make sure, you know, we cut a tiny bit of slack for the players. And, you know, because they're at the end of the day, they're still people, right? They've still got families. They've got their lives. You know, they've got stuff they've got to take care of. And so playing the game when the game gets tough – there's going to be those moments where it's going to be really, really tricky as a player and as a coach and as just a person overall. It's draining. It's tiring. It's a lot of baseball day in and day out. And, you know, I know some of those game times are weird times. And even on the weekends, right, you go from a 7-10 Friday night game to maybe a 4-10 in the afternoon on a Saturday. And then you go to a 1-10 start time on a Sunday if they're home. And so, you know, even with that, you go from late night to an earlier afternoon, to an earlier evening, later afternoon, still gets out pretty late, right? Because if you consider maybe a four-hour game, eight ten at the earliest, it's a late night. And then it's still got to get home and deal with the Boston traffic and this, that, and the other thing, right? And then you go from like a later afternoon slash evening to a really early afternoon. you got to remember, right, these guys have to get their – way, way earlier than the first pitch, right? Super early in advance before first pitch in order to get ready, get accustomed to everything, etc., etc., etc. So it's a long day is what I'm trying to say on top of the long season. And so playing that game when the game gets tough. And so one thing I'm going to start trying to do with an episode here every once in a while is player shout out, right? Uh, to bring out the more person personable side of these guys, right? So one player that I'm going to talk to you guys about right here, right now, is J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez is usually usually our designated hitter. There's going to be times when we're going to put him in the outfield if we want to mix things up a little bit. So currently, um, he is hitting a two, two, 231 average. One home run, six RBIs, you know, six RBIs means six runs. Okay, back in 2021, he had a 286 average with 28 home runs, 99 RBIs, and 92 runs. Okay, in 2020, yeah, 2020, yeah, 2013, no, sorry, not a 2013, years on the mind. So, 2020 season, 213 average, seven home runs, 27 RBIs, 22 runs. And I'm pretty sure that was the season where COVID had hit. And so that season was pretty fluctuating with the whole schedule and just the way everything was operating and everything, right? So J.D. Martinez, right? If you look at his background and just the way he grew up, right? Born on August 21st of 1987, he made his MLB debut in 2011 for the Houston Astros, then went to the Tigers, then went to the Diamondbacks, and now here he is with us, right? Uh, 
He was originally a native of Miami, Florida. He attended the Nova Southeastern University before he was picked by the Astros in the 20th round and the 611th pick in the 2009 Amateur Draft. Okay, he's the first player drafted by NSU to play the major leagues, which is actually cool. Then he went on to become a four-time MLB All-Star selection and a three-time Silver Slugger Award winner, as well as the only player to earn the latter honor twice in the same season. Okay, and so it's really interesting, right? And so, you know, he I know with him, he really admires you know, his parents, his parents' work ethic, his dad's work ethic, and he always strives to become better and better and better, right? Because he's he's the son of a Cuban immigrant, right? So his folks came over from Cuba and was born in Miami, right? And so, you know, it's all about it's all about becoming better and just growing as not only a person but professionally as well. Grow, being able to grow. In both senses is basically what I really admire most about J.D. Martinez. You can see he puts in the work on and off the field and the amount of things he does in the community, in not only in the city of Boston, but really in greater Massachusetts as well, is something to look forward to. Is look something to look forward to seeing him do. That's what I'm trying to say, right? You know, because I know he's got a lot of other stuff that he wants to do that he just hasn't done yet. And so... Tito Martinez, great, great human being, great player on the field. I mean, just looking over those statistics, I mean, just even just looking at the average that he had last season, right? A 286 average isn't really that bad. It's not, it's not amazing, but it's it's kind of in the sweet spot for a lot of guys. So to have a guy with his stature in the 286 area is respectable and right now he's already 231 so i mean he's definitely got stuff to build upon and so without further ado i'm gonna wrap up but like i said toronto red sox at fenway park 710 first pitch tonight and let's see well i'll ask you this who's gonna finally break the three-way tie and come out of it on top in the number one spot for the alo east Should be interesting.